Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the High Speed Stuff Podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com, and I'm joined by Ben. How are you today, Ben? Oh man, you know, I try to think of something every time. That's, that's <laughs> very interesting to say. Uh, what I am, uh, the way I'm feeling is awesome. Awesome. I know Simple last enough. time I did super fun. It just sounds like I'm unreasonably enthusiastic, mm. but this is, this is just some really cool stuff we've got coming up here. You, you like this one? I, I am, espe- I am especially fascinated with this one. Well, let me ask you this. Have you heard of the, uh, the 230 thing? Are you talking about the 230 mile per gallon claim? Mm-hmm. I figured you knew what uh, yeah. I was getting at there. Yeah. yeah. So the Chevy Volt right. recently has claimed 230 miles per gallon. And there's a lot of excitement about the Chevy Volt because it's been pushed back, but Chevy's also uh, put a lot of a lot of PR behind this, a lot of capital. They're letting the money ride on this one, so it's got high expectations. Yeah, you're exactly right. And what's unique about the Chevy Volt is that it is a plug-in hybrid. And that's something relatively new to us. We've heard about it for a long time, but these are just now starting to emerge in our marketplace. They're going to. And there's going to be a lot of them, actually, in the next couple of years, or they're, they're planned to be here in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, another Another term that you might hear, hear uh, thrown around about the Chevy Volt is extended range electric vehicle, or E-REV, E-R-E-V. Oh, yes, yes. And that's really saying the same thing as plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. It's it's kind of the same thing. Um, now, wait, wait. Before yeah. we run all crazy, mm-hmm. there are regular hybrids, there are plug-in hybrids. Yeah. There are differences. Yeah, there are differences. Um, regular hybrid is, I think we've talked about this in the past. I mm. hope we have. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have. Hybrid, sure. hybrid indicates two power sources, and, mm. and that's um, gasoline engine or a diesel engine mm. and a an electric motor. Typically a small electric motor. A small electric motor and a medium size to small um, sure. you know, internal combustion engine and or a diesel engine. 
And um, this is a little bit different. This one has more emphasis, uh, plug-in electric hybrid has more emphasis on the electric motor than it does on the internal combustion engine. And the reason is because the the electric motor is the primary source of power for the for the vehicle. The internal combustion engine or the diesel in, mm-hmm. in that case is the backup power. And the backup power is really only there to the, the small internal combustion engine is there just to charge the batteries. Uh, so that the car really uses the electric motor to power itself all I mean to power the wheels at all times. That's that's pretty strange because typically uh, in what we would call, you know, your orthodox hybrid, uh the positions of those power sources are switched, right? It, well it can be it can be any of those. It could be um well usually it's it's either the the engine or the motor. Mm-hmm. Both the engine and the motor, or just the motor in some cases. That was, um, and I'll have to look this up here. There's series parallel and there's also series parallel. Um, if, if you're talking about a series uh-huh. hybrid, that's the kind where the internal combustion engine is used to power the generator only to supply uh, current to the electric motor. It's not used to power the, the wheels. So that's kind of what we're talking about here. Okay. We're talking about a series, a series hybrid in, in a sense. Okay. Um, and then a par- a parallel um hybrid car is one where it can power it can power the wheels with the electric motor or with the internal combustion engine. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a parallel hybrid. And then there's also, you know, a couple of different mixes of these. There's full hybrids, mild hybrids. Now mild hybrids are the ones that um they're the ones that just employed the start-stop technology that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yes, okay. Um the idle idle, idle stop. stop. Yeah, you you remember that, right? Yeah, Th- those here. are those are my, <laughs> the idle stop systems are the mild hybrid cars. So there's full hybrid, mild hybrid, series hybrid, parallel hybrid, and there's also series parallel hybrids, which you know, are a combination of both. Mm. Um, now, now the plug-in, and we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, but the plug-in hybrids that we're talking about now, you actually do plug them into a, a wall outlet to to charge up the uh, to charge up the batteries. Or, you know, like I said, there's the backup, which is the internal combustion engine to charge the batteries when you run out of power. That's so, that's so strange to me. But I guess according to the, according to the claims we're hearing, it does a bang up job. It does. Yeah. They're, uh, apparently 230 miles per gallon is, uh, is what they're rating the volt at. Now, I haven't heard any kind of adjustments like that for, any of the other models that we've uh, we've heard about in in recent sure. months or even years, yeah. I guess. But I'm assuming that we're going to see some pretty fantastic claims of you know what um, you know the mileage that these vehicles get because it's all based on the EPA fuel economy standards. You know the the uh, again we talked mm-hmm. about that as well. Yep. The the, um, the way that they determine mileage for vehicles doesn't hold true in this case. It's it's different for plug-in electric. Or, I'm sorry, plug-in hybrids. Mm-hmm. Um, because they operate on all electric power to a point. And then beyond that point, it's gas. It's gas, but only to charge the batteries, which then power the electric motor. So you're still running on, you're still running on electric power. However, you are using fuel to charge the batteries. I see where you're, I see where you're going with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So the, there is a mileage calculation there. Um, but up to a certain point in every one of these plug-in electric vehicles or pro- plug-in hybrids, I should say, mm-hmm. there's there's a point, there's a range where it's all electric, and you're using zero fuel, 
Uh, zero gasoline, I should say. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I've got a couple of examples if you'd like. I love examples, man. Okay. Lay it on me. All right. Um, you know, first is, uh, and I'll go through a couple. We've got, a, we've got an article on our site, um, that is called Five Plug-in Hybrids That Are Arriving Soon. And good article. John Fuller wrote it. He's a staff writer here. Oh, yeah. Also a host of stuff from the B-side. Correct. And it's got a lot of examples in it. Uh, there are five examples, as a matter of fact. And, I'll just, I guess I'll just run down the list of what we, what we included in that article. Sure. The Toyota Prius. There's okay. going to be a plug-in. So now, again, these are all vehicles where you can expect to see a plug-in version, a plug-in hybrid version soon. Uh, there's a Toyota Prius and by the end of 2009, there's only going to be about 200 total on the road. So it's real limited right now, but in future, you know, in 2010, 11, this thing will be mass produced. Okay. Wait. If you mean the, there's only going to be about 200 of these Prius models. Right, only two hundred, and I I don't know how many. I think they said something like a hundred and fifty here in the states, mm-hmm. fifty maybe in Japan, something like that. It's uh, it, not proportional, but projected to grow. Oh yes, okay, yeah, and they you know it's trial and error right now, so they're uh, they're working on it. Sure, um, Chevy Volt, of course, we just talked about mm-hmm. that one. This one now, this one has a forty mile all electric range, which is pretty good, and that one won't be around until about the end of two thousand ten. And they're hoping that that won't get pushed back, but to, the end of two thousand ten is is likely, and it will have a two thousand eleven model year designation. Okay, so it'll be called two thousand eleven Chevy Volt. Okay. Uh, there's also a Volkswagen Golf Twin Drive, which now this one's kind of unique. It's a diesel electric. So here's the uh, the only diesel on our list here, really. Uh-huh. Um, it has a 31 mile all electric range, and that also tentatively in 2010. Tentatively. Tentatively. Um, and then there's the Fisker Karma. You know about Fisker Karma? I do not know about the Fisker Karma. This is an awesome car. Um, check out the photos of the Fisker Karma online. And in fact, very recently at the Monterey Historic Races, it just made its first kind of public driving appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the CEO of the company drove it around the track at speed. Very impressive. A lot of people love this car. Looks beautiful. It's a big, sleek. If I had to, um, if I had to tell you kind of roughly what it looks like, it looks like, uh, the new Maseratis to me. It has oh, really? that type of look. It's a big luxury sedan. Yeah. Beautiful car, in my opinion. And it's, it's expensive though. Um, it is a plug-in hybrid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's around $90,000. So it's, a bit cost prohibitive at this point, but sure. um, you know, for some that's not a, that's not a problem. Start saving now. For some, least, right? they've already got their checkbooks out. You know, it's crazy. I can tell from this list that the Karma is your favorite. <laughs> it is actually. <laughs> now, if you want to go with just kind of crazy looking vehicles, yeah. they're, they're super efficient. The Aptera 2H and the Aptera 2H is coming out in well, 2010. 2010. 2010 for the 2H, and that's the that's the plug-in hybrid version of the Aptera. If you want an Aptera 2E, which is the full electric version of the hybrid, yeah. that is coming out at the end of this year, believe it or not. Before the before plug-in, the plug-in hybrid. hybrid. That's, That's interesting. Right. Yeah. 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 So, um, and unbelievably unique vehicle. You should check it out. Yeah. And we've, we've got a, well, go ahead. I was just going to say, we've mentioned this before. Uh, so some of our listeners maybe are familiar with this car. Yeah, yes. that's, in fact, the, the, the person that wrote this article, John Fuller, he wrote, um, he wrote the, the Aptera article that we have on our site. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that just does incredible traffic. People love to look at that and find out all about it. It's very interesting. It is. It's a really cool car. Um, 
Let's see. Not, not only those, there's there's others on the way as well. Now, these are all within the next couple of years. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind that you're going to see a lot more of these. The Volt is just, just happens to be the one getting an attention right now. Yeah. Um, there's also something called the Venture One, uh, which is scheduled to come out in 2009, which is mm-hmm. right now. It has a 20-mile EV range or electric vehicle range, and that's about $18,000, which wow, relatively affordable. I mean, they're- I mean you know what? I'm going to say that's affordable. Yeah, that's not even, that's just out and out affordable, but yeah. especially in the, when you consider the premium right now that's attached to any kind of hybrid or alternative fuel vehicle, mm-hmm. that's, it's like they're giving it away. Well, I mean, even, yeah, that's right. Even <laughs> they the don't Volt, pay us to say that. No, no, not at all. We're, no sponsorship. The, yeah. uh, the EV, um, I'm sorry, the, the Chevy Volt has a price tag of around 40000 just to put that in perspective. Yeah. Um, so the wow. Volt, when it comes out in 2010, is going to have a price tag of around $40,000. And, um, so at 18, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'm sure is. it's not quite as plush or, you know, it also has a half, it also has half of the EV range of the Volt. So that's a difference right there. Definitely. Uh, the Karma, I don't know if I mentioned this, the Karma has a 50 mile range. You did not. Yeah. And Slightly more than the Volt, but, um, yeah. cost is more than double. More than double. But, um, again, you're paying for that luxury sedan. Yeah. It's got that. When we have that as also in a podcast, this is turning into our look back. Scott and Ben's look back on <laughs> yeah, earlier podcasts. We podcast. need that harp sound. We do. Yeah. We, we might, we might see if we can work that in. <laughs> <laughs> that's about all I can do. That's, that's any kind of Wayne's World style. Yeah. That's what I was going for there. I'm, I'm with Anyways, you, man. There's, right. um, uh, this one's uh, kind of up in the air right now, I guess. Um, the Saturn View. And someone's going to scream at their radio or radio. Listen to me. Hmm. Someone's going to scream at their computer and say, uh, no, 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 it's not, uh, it's not up in the air. We know about this for sure. But the Saturn view, um, there's a plug-in version coming in 2011 and that will have a 10 mile EV range. And there's no price on that right now, but it's projected that it's, it's on its way. But you'll have to pardon my cynicism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got to say, man, ever since what was it? The EV one. Yeah. Ever since then, I'm not sure how, how, much faith I can place in the, in that that manufacturing line, just because to catch our listeners up, the oh. EV one the, it was all electric, right? All electric, yeah. And you could only lease it, yeah. And customers really liked it. And then when the leases were over, the vehicles were scrapped, yeah. So I I don't know. I you know I used to drive a Saturn and I loved it. I also wrecked it accidentally, <laughs> but um, but I, I got to tell you, man, it's just. If it's only got the 10 mile range EV and it doesn't have a release date. Yeah, I, I understand. And plus they've had that recent, uh, well, there's been all the turmoil recently with GM and sure. Penske has just recently purchased them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a lot of, they've got a lot of things going on right now. And I mean, it is an SUV. So it's, it's got the size. It's got, you know, a lot of bulk. It's oh, got a yeah. lot to, a lot to move, I guess, for an, an electric vehicle. Um, I don't know. I cut it a little bit of slack, but, Still, 10 miles, that's not all that great when you consider that, you know, a lot of the others are, are hitting 40, 50 miles per gallon. Sure. Uh, not miles per gallon. Miles, all electric mm-hmm. range. Range. Um, another one that's, that's on its way, and this is a, a concept vehicle, uh, the Cadillac Converge. Um, it's a sedan. Of course, Cadillac's going to be, you know, luxury first class type vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, 40 mile range. Again, no price because it's a concept at this point. Who knows if it'll ever make it or not. But, yeah. Um, maybe it'll be built on the Volt platform. I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe it has some legs. Maybe. Maybe. And last one I've got, last example uh-huh. is a diesel electric hybrid from Volvo, which is planned for 2012. 
And uh, I really don't have any details about the Volvo uh, diesel electric, but um, mm. it's on its way. So you can see that you know this is this is a popular idea right now. Yeah, a lot of people are moving towards this, and uh, I think we're going to see a lot of you know, outlandish. I'll say outlandish, but true mm. mileage claims, and it's all based on what the EPA determines as that cycle for EV vehicles because it's going to have its own cycle. You know how they how they determine that mileage. Right. So it's really unique. Um, serious, interesting car. Seriously though, man, I, I want to stop you and I tell me if I'm, if I'm out of line asking this, is the math behind that mileage, uh, claim or excuse me, that range claim? Is that, is that true? Is it credible? Is it cooked math? I'm asking. <laughs> it, it is. And it, now they're always going to do this. So you got to take all of it. Understand you got to, you got to look into all this with your own perspective and, sure. and now it is math, but you know, people play with the numbers and that happens all the time instead. Mm. So there's a, a writer by the name of Lisa Marganelli. I'm going to probably mispronounce her name again. I always do that. Marganelli. And she wrote an article called the freaky math of plug-in hybrids. It sounds like she's on my side. Scott. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it focuses on the Chevy Volt and the 230 mile per uh, miles per gallon claim. And exactly how do they get to that numbers or get to that number rather. So she references a site called environmental economics and environmental economics has determined that for the Volt to get this 230 miles per gallon that uh, the EPA claims Mm -hmm. it's going to get or the GM claims the EPA is going to rate it at, Mm -hmm. that they're calculating that the trip length is exactly 51.11 miles in length. Well, you're looking at me, uh, yeah. like, and now I, you'll have to look this up because there's no way that I'm going to be able to describe this equation to you okay. and make it make sense. But she says that environmental economics has, um, has determined that the, the trip length is exactly 51.1 miles, but for a trip of 200 miles, the car gets 62.5 miles per gallon. Hmm. So you see the dramatic drop off there, right? Yes, I do. Okay. And she's also pointing out that and I'll, you know what, I'll talk about uh, the environmental economics site in just a moment. But okay. um, she also points out in the same article that for, and she wrote another article for Forbes that said that the same person can coax more than 99 miles per gallon out of a modified plug-in Toyota Prius because um, they are modifying hybrids now to be plug-ins. Yes. So out of a modified Toyota, uh, Toyota Prius plug-in, the same person can coax more than 99 miles per gallon out of that car, while someone who is a little more heavy on the accelerator, you know, mm-hmm. pedal to the metal, sure. as she says, um, will get less than 40 miles per gallon out of the same car. And another study that she quotes says that the driving style of, of the person behind the wheel can take that elect, um, that all electric range down from 40 all the way down to 15. So you may get as little as 15 all electric driving miles, depending on your driving style. Sounds like time for some hypermiling. Yeah. Well, if you're heavy on the accelerator at the lights yeah. and if you got a lot of accessories on and let's yeah. say you've got the windows down and it's a windy day and, and for um, some reason you have the air conditioning yeah, blasting too. And you're on a gravel road and your tires are low on pressure or whatever. You may yeah. get a lot less. I mean, not all those things, but, yeah. um, driving style varies that, uh, that all electric range greatly. So, um, huge effect. Yeah, huge effect. So you have to, uh, you know, adhere to what they want you to do in order to get a full 40 miles. And what else were you going to say about this website? Well, the environmental economics site, when I, I followed the link and I went to it and they've got this all laid out carefully for you here. So it's, you know, I won't even try to describe the equation, but, um, basically what it gets down to is this. 
the the forty miles you get the forty miles you get the first forty miles I should say is driving gas free on the electric charge. Okay. Okay. Understand that. Beyond that, the Volt gets about fifty miles per gallon. That's uh, it's about what it gets. So okay. you have to understand that you still are buying gas, mm-hmm. and the fifty miles per gallon is to charge the batteries in order to continue your trip. All right. Well, for trips that are greater than forty miles. Um, I'll just I'll just read it here so that it makes sense. But okay. at forty miles forty miles driven or less, the mi- the miles per gallon is infinite, so no gas is being used. Beyond forty miles, the miles per gallon decreases the more miles driven. Which that's huh. I, I mean yeah, they, you have to watch, you have to look at this okay. kind of sliding scale yeah, of I mileage. See. So I see. the mileage begins to fall off after that first forty miles. So for a trip of fifty miles, the voltage gets um, two hundred and fifty miles per gallon. Which is pretty remarkable, right? That is remarkable. Okay, so 50, because you're talking about going 10 miles over your first 40 miles, which is all electric. Yes. Okay, follow me there? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Okay, but a, for a trip of 200 miles, so you're 160 miles beyond your 40 miles mm-hmm. of electric driving, the Volt gets 62.5 miles per gallon. Still not bad, right? No, that's, that's pretty good. good. Yeah. Based on the EPA's decision to rate the Volt at 230, um, they've done all this calculating. You know, they've run the numbers through their, their, um, aforementioned mm-hmm. um, calculations there, and yeah. they said that uh, they're assuming a trip of 51.11 miles in order to get the 230 average. So, um, again, play with the numbers until you get to that point, and that's where they determine that, that the trip mileage is in 51.11 miles. Oh, per come on, Scott. You, no. as w- you as well as I know that every trip is 51.11 <laughs> Yeah, precisely, miles. yeah. Yeah, I mean... I drive in circles till I hit that magic number. <laughs> Yeah, so it, to to play around with those numbers and get that and get that exactly yeah. that way, I mean that's based on the EPA's calculations. So they've got this set set uh, group of parameters that all manufacturers will then have to adhere to. Mm-hmm. So everybody is going to have this um, apples to apples comparison at that point. But right now we're only hearing about um, you know the Chevy Volt. So we know that two thirty is the number from the EPA. And the and you know we also should probably emphasize if you're interested in purchasing one of these vehicles since again there are a lot coming out uh, you can never beat your own research if you really want to get a reliable vehicle and you want to make it your main vehicle it's it's definitely worth your time to check in and and see not just what the manufacturer says not just what the EPA says, but also read other reviews maybe of people who purchase these vehicles. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's plenty of that information online. I mean, people that do this for a living, they review mm-hmm. new vehicles. They're going to get their hands on them soon, if not already. Some already have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely take your time to investigate this thing, just just to be sure. I mean, it sounds, sounds great to me, but um, look into it and see what you think. Now, you know what, before we yes. kind of get into the rest of the show here, yeah. Got a yeah, quick question for you. What what do you think of plug-in hybrid? I mean, you've heard a bit about them. You've, mm-hmm. you've known about them even prior to our conversation here. So what do you think about hybrid uh, plug-in hybrid technology? I think it's aces, man. Honestly, I don't think it's – I don't think it is necessarily a technology that will be around, you know, for ne- – uh, I think it's a stopgap technology, essentially. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a, it's a very promising one because a lot of – when we say – what what is good or what do we think of this when i think about whether or not a technology is good i think of the end user right mm-hmm. so more and more people live in urban areas and so those people generally drive shorter distances 
And so these kind of cars are great for those kind of people. Sure, it's perfect. It's, made, it's custom made for them, really. Right, yeah. Not necessarily that you, you can't take them on a long cross-country trip or whatever you like, but because mm-hmm. um, they still get decent mileage. They're still, mm-hmm. they're still uh, very functional. But um, for all electric use and in cities, and if you're able to charge them on a regular basis and you don't forget to do that, because that's another thing. Oh, yeah, you have to remember. If you, if you forget, yes. you know, then you're using Gas. all fuel to get home. Yeah. Um, but if you remember to, to do what you need to do in order to make it work the right way, um, and you can you know, stay within those mileage parameters, it's a great car to have, I guess. Well, what do you think is going to happen in the future with them? Well, I think you're right. I think that it's not the end game. You know, this isn't the final. This isn't the silver bullet. No, no, it's not the, um, it's not the, the, the final answer really. Um, what I do think though is that, uh, these are going to be around for a while because I don't know. I mean, I always say this, and, and they amaze me with what they come up with next. But <laughs> right. um, for now, I think about the maybe the only thing they could do at this point would be, you know, if you combine our ideas of not not ours, but the ideas that we already know about um, hypercars. Yeah. If you had a, a a super light car that you know with this technology, mm-hmm. the mileage could be astronomical. It could be unbelievable, really. Yeah. And so if you know, take a look at hypercars, see what see what benefits those have. Look at plug-in hybrid technology, mm. combine the two, and you might have a car that gets, you know, just ridiculous mileage. I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of miles. I mean, we're already talking 230, but yeah. if you, uh, I think if you combine these technologies, you're going to get just astounding mileage. That's a really good point. Yeah. That's actually, not oh, that I you. thought you would make a bad point, but I think that's a really good one. <laughs> Thanks. But like I said, it's not the, not the end all. There's got to be something else because, mm. um, you know, we're still, we're still using an awful lot of energy. Still, um, a lot of these plants are coal-fired, and um, you're still burning fossil fuels yeah. to create the energy to charge the cars. And sure. there's concerns about that. And there's there's technology right now that is out there to already kind of speak to that. I mean, not mm-hmm. not exactly, but uh, it's on its way. I read an article today about um, Ford is making this kind of a smart charger that will allow you to adjust or determine when your car charges so that it's not, you know, it's, it's charging on off peak times oh, cool. and it only takes just as much as it needs. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, over- kind of like vampire. Yeah. It doesn't over consume. Yeah. And once it's done, it shuts itself off. Nice. It's uh, Ford's developing that right now. And I just read an article today. I don't know much detail about it, but, um, fascinating stuff. So I think there's a lot more they can do with this, but it's, it's refinement at this point. Scott, before we close up, mm-hmm. I got to tell you, um, there is a guy with a very interesting story to tell you. Okay. And he he, he, uh, he wrote both of us. Um, and he's a listener, which means it's time for... Listener mail. Okay. All right. So John writes in, and I, I didn't see where John is from. And he says, you know, uh, listening to your podcast today reminded me of a story my grandfather told me. And he's talking about the Model T. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read this. Model okay? T. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, when John's grandpa was young, he was working on the farm and gotten dirt, rocks in his eyes to the point that he couldn't see. He tried to rinse his eyes, but they had been scratched by the debris, and his mother wanted him to go to the doctor in town about five miles away. But she didn't know how to drive their Model T, and his father was already in town with the horse and wagon. So his mom bandages up his eyes. He starts the car, and John's great-grandmother directs him while he drives to town, blinded. What? Wait. Blinded, he's, blindfolded. He's got his eyes covered. Yes, and covered. his and his mom is sitting there. I guess I imagine a shotgun <laughs> going. Just go straight. Just go straight. Come on. Yeah, and they got there safe and sound. And after visiting the doctor, you know, um, the the adult with the with the horse and wagon, he drives home. But uh, 
John put in a little a little notice about me saying, "Well, I guess it was a little more difficult than just turn the crank and go." Oh my gosh, unbelievable! Yeah. You know what? We've we've had that podcast about just how difficult it is to even start a Model T. Right. He did that with his with his eyes bandaged up. And and here's the thing: yeah. she didn't want to drive it. She didn't want to drive it. So she is apparently so uh, afraid of driving that mm-hmm. she would rather have her blind child drive the car next to her and tell him how to do it. Yeah, it reminds me of those, you know, those very uh, dramatic scenes in action movies where the pilot is dead and someone has to land the plane wow. and the folks in ground control. Wow. And so uh, anyway. Well, I'm assuming his eyes were okay, but oh, I guess we don't know the answer to that. But it sounds like uh, it, it sounds like everything, temporary. everything worked out. Just, just a temporary. He just said scratch or something. Yeah. Right? So, so that is how hard it is wow. to drive so a he, Model T. He, <laughs> so he drove with his eyes bandaged. A co-pilot or a navigator saying, "Watch out for that tree. Sure. Look, out, look out for the boulder. Mm-hmm. Stack Stop. house fast. Yeah, don't, <laughs> you just you just hit the house. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, that's unbelievable. That's uh, you know what? Try to try to imagine something like that today. I I don't want to say it doesn't happen because it probably does, but does. but holy cow, that's that's unbelievable to think of of somebody navigating the roadway with their eyes covered and someone telling them how to do it. So and and let alone Model T, which is ridiculously right. hard to drive to begin with. Doing the Charleston after night at the Speakeasy while doing something else. I something think that with was a mu- loading a musket. I think loading a musket. Yeah, that's it. Doing yeah. the Charleston yeah. at, after Speakeasy. Excellent memory, Ben. Hey, you know that's yeah. that's why that's why you've got me here. I'm the Garfunkel. <laughs> no, I'm Good work. Well, that's that's an amazing story. Thank you, John. Yes, thank you, John. And again, to our listeners, thanks so much for lending us an ear. We have a good time doing this. We hope you have a good time listening. And if you have a suggestion or an idea for a future topic, you already know what I'm going to say. Send I, send I, us an email, right? Yeah, I know. And yeah, I mean, please, please do because we we love. I mean, you see, we read them on air. We love we love our listeners, and uh, we like them to you know send in little stories like this or uh, you know comments, questions, sure, uh, podcast suggestions. We've done that in the past. In fact, we just did one on CVT uh, a while back. So um, yeah. send them in. We listen. And that email address again is highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really needs your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! 
Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.